This is First News on News Radio 1290 WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 6.04, and as the National Weather Service promised would probably happen when they indicated yesterday that the heat was moving into the area, a heat advisory has been issued. That is in effect for tomorrow from 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. The forecast today may have some patchy fog around the region, otherwise sunny, and a high in the upper 80s to around 90. No serious injuries are being reported in an early morning crash on Route 17 in the Johnson City area. That crash was reported shortly after 4.30 this morning in the area of the 70S on-ramp, 70N off-ramp. That is in an area where the New York State Department of Transportation has been doing maintenance work during the overnight hours on Route 201 bridges over 17 and the flyover oh, between Route 17 and the Susquehanna River for several weeks now. The Broome County Emergency Communications reported a lot of debris scattered on the highway, including a large bucket from an excavator in the center and left lanes. Authorities had closed down the center and left eastbound lanes of Route 17. The right-hand driving lane was being maintained open. A car reportedly involved in the crash was said to be on its roof. The occupant of that vehicle had complained of some neck or back pain, but was out of the vehicle and mobile at the scene. We'll have an update in a little bit on to the situation of whether those lanes are still closed on 17 eastbound in the area of Johnson City. WMBF First News Time 606. A Binghamton man is facing charges after a man was shot yesterday afternoon a few blocks from the city's Sherry Ann Lindsay Park, where a night out against crime was about to get underway. According to Mayor Jared Cram, 38-year-old Kareem Felton of Binghamton is charged with attempted murder and criminal possession of a weapon. City police called to the Northside Deli on Shenango Street around 4 p.m. after people in the neighborhood had reported hearing at least a couple shots fired. When officers arrived, they found a man had been wounded once in the arm. man whose name has not been released was taken to Wilson Memorial Regional Medical Center in Johnson City with what were described as non-life-threatening injuries. Authorities indicated at the time of the shooting they did not believe the incident was a random act. According to the mayor, police recovered a ghost gun believed to have been involved. The incident happened about an hour before and just a few blocks away from the National Night Out Against Crime event that was scheduled to start at the near by Northside Park. WMBF First News Time 607. The dual trial continues today for a Colesville man accused of shooting and wounding a New York State trooper in June of 2021 and the man's father who is accused of aiding his son in trying to hide evidence. Jury selection began yesterday in the attempted murder trial of 34-year-old Jason Johnson, while his dad, 64-year-old David Johnson, is charged with evidence tampering. New York State Police responded to East Windsor Road near Thorn Road at around 8.30 p.m. on Sunday, June 9th, 2021, with a request to check the welfare of a suspicious man who is said to be drawing in the middle of the road. When troopers and Broome County Sheriff's deputies encountered the man, the suspect opened fire with at least one round striking trooper Becky Seeger in the hip. Another trooper was wounded in the arm by shrapnel. The authorities launched a massive manhunt for Jason Johnson, which lasted over 20 hours before the Colesville 
man was taken into custody along the banks of the Susquehanna River off Route 79 in Colesville at around 4.40 p.m. on June 10th. Meanwhile, Johnson's father, 66-year-old David Johnson, was arrested almost a, a month later and charged with evidence tampering. Authorities had accused the father of assisting his son with clothing and hiding evidence, possibly including shell casings, following the shooting. The dual trial is anticipated to last several days with law enforcement officers expected to take the stand. WMBF First News Time. It's 6.08. New York State Attorney General Letitia James is encouraging any resident deceived or affected by the cryptocurrency crash to report it to her office. The Democrat says investors were promised high returns on cryptocurrencies but instead lost thousands of dollars after being locked out of their accounts and were unable to access their investments. The Attorney General is also looking to talk to workers in the cryptocurrency industry who may have witnessed misconduct or fraud. She encourages those workers to file a whistleblower complaint with her office, which can be done anonymously. The dramatic devaluation of the Terra and Luna virtual currencies and the account freezes on crypto staking or earning programs have cost investors hundreds of billions of dollars, according to a news release from the Attorney General's office. The release says staking or earning programs such as Anchor, Celsius, Voyager, and Stable Gains are of particular interest, and New Yorkers affected by involvement in those programs are encouraged to contact the OAG Investor Protection Bureau. There can be complaints and even just information shared at the OAG email in investor.complaints at ag.ny.gov. It's 609 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290, also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Almost three. Good morning on this Wednesday, August 3rd. It's 6.11. You're listening to WMBF's First News. Myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. An early morning traffic update. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen tomorrow just in time for a speedy fest here in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to Exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. And those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed and a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. 
In Susquehanna County, there will be a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That project should be completed by Monday, August 8th, and a signed detour route will be in place. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquago Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point, and we'll have some various other road work going on around the county. Now, it seems we might have an update from Kathy White. Yeah, just talked to Broome County Emergency Services on the situation up there on Route 17 with a very large excavator bucket in the middle of the road. There had been a crash at about 4.30 on 17 eastbound at exits 70S and 70N. That's over by the Oakdale Mall, the Route 201 overpass, that sort of thing. My understanding now, no serious injuries, but apparently this big old bucket fell off the back of a flatbed tractor trailer with the passenger vehicle either hitting debris or the bucket itself. No serious injuries, but at last report, just a few minutes ago, they had tow trucks up there. They were still cleaning up debris. At one point, we had the center lane and the left-hand passing lane closed on 17 eastbound because of that debris all over the road. But they're getting that swept up, and it looks like it just will be a few more minutes before that's all cleared out of the way. Oh, hopefully it doesn't affect too many people. I'm sure that's quite a sight to see the bucket just lying out in the street. Not a good way to start your morning. Not a good way at all. No. I'm glad I don't take that route to work. It would be real awkward if 6 o'clock rolls around and it's only Kathy in the studio. Kathy all by herself. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 57 degrees, some fog, 100% humidity. Today, patchy fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 89 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear, a low around 69. Tomorrow, a slight chance of thunderstorms and showers after 2. Some of the storms could produce heavy rain, but mostly sunny with a high near 94. Heat index values could get as high as 98 degrees. Chance of rain, 20%. Tomorrow night, a chance of showers and thunderstorms, but mostly cloudy with a low around 69. 50% chance of rain. Friday, chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m. Partly sunny with a high near 87 degrees, 70% chance of rain. Friday night, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 8 p.m. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 68 and a 60% chance of rain. It's 616. You're listening to WMBF. Millions. Six seventeen on WMBF. Time for a sports update. Pinch hitter Sam Haggerty opened the seventh inning with a go-ahead homer. Andres Munoz escaped a bases-loaded jam in the ninth, and the Seattle Mariners hung on for an eight-six victory over the New York Yankees after blowing a four-run lead. The switch-hitting Haggerty was sent up to bat for left-handed hitting Jared Kelnick against left-hander Lucas Lickey. Haggerty broke a six-six tie by lifting a one-nothing cutter into the left field seats. Haggerty homered two days after getting stitches above an eye and injury sustained when he was hit by his helmet thrown after he failed on a bunt. 
For the Mets, Jacob DeGrom allowed one run on three hits and struck out six in five innings in his season debut before a bullpen meltdown cost the Mets in a 5-1 loss to the Washington Nationals. DeGrom was pitching for the Mets for the first time in almost 13 months. He received a standing ovation from a crowd full of New York fans hours after the Nationals traded superstar outfield Juan Soto. The 34-year-old two-time NL Cy Young Award winner threw 46 of his 59 pitches for strikes in his first meaningful action since July 7, 2021. Corey Abbott won his first start of the season for Washington. Rumble Ponies won last night 14-9 against the Somerset Patriots. Got RBIs from Zach Ashford, Johnswee Fargus, Ronnie Mauricio, Nick Meyer, Luke Ritter, and Wyatt Young. Young hit a home run in the second inning, a two-run shot, and Mauricio, a three-run shot in the tenth inning. That's a five-run tenth inning for the Binghamton Rumble Ponies. Game went to extra innings, tied at 9-9 in the ninth inning. After the Rumble Ponies in the bottom of the ninth surrendered one run to allow Somerset to tie it up, then they scored five runs in the top of the tenth to take that 14-9 win. Now, yesterday was trade deadline day in Major League Baseball. Not a lot of action for the Mets, but for the Yankees, well, we're looking at a pretty much entirely different team today. Of course, they got Andrew Benintendi earlier last week from the Kansas City Royals. Yesterday, made a lot of changes. And we talked about Frankie Montas, Lou Trevino, and Scott Efros yesterday. But the big surprise for the Yankees was trading Jordan Montgomery to the St. Louis Cardinals for Harrison Bader. He's currently on the injured list. Very good defensive center fielder. The Cardinals expected him back by the end of the year. Now, the motivation behind this trade, I can't tell you. I have no idea. It, it made very little sense to me. But Brian Cashman's the GM of the New York Yankees. I think he probably knows better than I do what's best for the team. And do all his decisions work out? No, maybe not, because Joey Gallo was traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers yesterday. Joey Gallo was a guy that Brian Cashman was basically in love with when he traded for him. Had a pretty good 2021 season. It didn't look good if you were watching on a day-to-day basis, but when you look at the final numbers that Joey Gallo had on the season, it was a slightly below-average year for him, but still an above-average year overall. This year, a borderline disaster. and Did an interview with... Randy Miller earlier this week just talking about you know what was clearly the end of his time in New York I gotta say it was pretty depressing reading the you could hear the pain in Joey Gallo's voice when you were just reading the words on paper you know it's something that a lot of people forget when you're talking about baseball that these are human beings and sure they get paid millions of dollars to play a children's game but I sure I'm sure it couldn't have been easy for Joey Gallo to sit there day after day getting booed by 40,000 people in Yankee Stadium, his home ballpark, because he wasn't playing well. I'm sure he wanted to play well for himself, his team, his teammates, the fans. It just didn't happen. So we'll move on to the Los Angeles Dodgers, I assume in more of a bench role than anything else for the rest of the season. A tough break for Joey Gallo. Now, trading Jordan Montgomery, back to that, it makes no sense for me, as Jordan Montgomery has been nothing but a consistent starting pitcher since he got to the New York Yankees. Not the best pitcher on the in the rotation. 
Obviously, that goes to Garrett Cole and Luis Severino before that. But as a fourth or fifth starter, Jordan Montgomery would be hard-pressed to find a better four or five starter in the game than him, a quality start machine. And where it leaves the Yankees is with Domingo Herman pitching meaningful games until Luis Severino returns. Now, Luis Severino was put on the 60-day IL, which he apparently did not take very well. He wanted to come back soon, but in the grand scheme of things, it's better to have Luis Severino fully healthy in late September and October than for him to be pushing himself in August games when you have a lengthy division lead over the Toronto Blue Jays and Tampa Bay Rays. But I'm not a fan of Domingo Herman. Not only is he not really a great person, judging by the reason that he was suspended for most of last season. But even in the season when he won 18 games, every single underlying number said, this guy is getting so lucky right now, this will not last. And it hasn't. In the wake of that, in the few games that he's pitched since that season, he hasn't been very good. The big news, of course, Juan Soto going to the San Diego Padres. Him and Fernando Tatis Jr. have a combined age of 46 years old. That's it. That's probably the age Albert Pujols actually is. He says he's 42, but I think we all know Albert Pujols is much closer to 50. A huge trade for the San Diego Padres. And part of the reason that I enjoy the Padres so much is they're not afraid to go out and make these moves. They're in a quote-unquote small market. There's no such thing as a small market in Major League Baseball. But they go out and they sign Eric Hosmer to this massive contract in 2018. Also dumped Hosmer yesterday to the Boston Red Sox, which is fantastic because Eric Hosmer really just not that good of a baseball player anymore. Refuses to hit fly balls, only hits ground balls. Very poor defense at first base. So I'll have to remind myself to laugh at Bob for that later today when he says, who is this Eric Hosmer guy that my Boston Red Sox acquired yesterday? And I'll say, oh, he's, you're going to hate him. You're going to hate Eric Hosmer. But the Juan Soto trade, obviously putting together one of the best lineups in Major League Baseball when Fernando Tatis Jr. returns sometime in the next couple of weeks, when, going from Tatis Jr. to Juan Soto to Manny Machado, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better three guys in baseball in a row in a lineup. 624, you're listening to WMBF. Now it's time for Wall Street Now. From ABC News, Wall Street now. Stocks skidded to the close for their second down day in a row. The Dow fell 402 points. The Nasdaq gave up 20 and the S&P closed down 27. Investors are trying to determine whether stocks' recent strong run is the start of a turnaround or whether it's a temporary blip. Smith & Wesson is under new scrutiny from Congress. The House Oversight Panel subpoenaed the company for documents related to the manufacture and sale of AR-15 style goods. Guns. The gunmaker refused to appear for a hearing on the firearms, which are frequently used in mass shootings. The crypto division of Robinhood Financial Services will pay a $30 million penalty to New York State for failing to comply with regulations governing money laundering and cybersecurity. The state says one of the issues was Robinhood's failure to provide a dedicated phone number for consumer complaints on its website. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Want to save a- 
7.28 on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. Of course, as reported by Kathy a little bit earlier today, there's a pretty big mess on eastbound Route 17 around exits 70 north and 70 south. As they're still cleaning that up, should be cleaned pretty soon from what we understand. But they're still working on that, so if you're heading eastbound on Route 17, well, prepare for a little bit of a backup. Might see some residual delays on that as well. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in in the town of Dickinson will reopen tomorrow just in time for Speedy Fest in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour, utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed, and a signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there's a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That project should be wrapping up on Monday, August 8th. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. There's going to be some cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast. For downtown Binghamton, right now about 57 degrees, some fog out there, 100% humidity. Today, patchy fog before 8 a.m., otherwise sunny with a high near 89 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear, a low around 69. Thursday, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m. Some of the storms could produce some heavy rain, but sunny and hot with a high near 94. Heat index as high as 98 degrees, 20% chance of rain. Thursday night, Chance of showers and thunderstorms, mostly cloudy with a low around 69, 50% chance of rain. Friday, chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m., but partly sunny with a high near 87, chance of rain 70%. Friday night, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 8 p.m., then chance of showers and thunderstorms after 8 p.m. until 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 68, 60% chance of rain. 6.32, you're listening to WMBF. Cashback is not a... This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White.
Good morning. We do have some reports of some fog in the area, reducing visibility. Not too big of an issue, although we have quarter-mile visibility reported at the airport at this point. 57 degrees in Binghamton. Forecast for today, along with the patchy fog, we'll have sunshine and a high temperature into the upper 80s to around 90 There has been a lot of voting going on in primary elections around the country, a lot of it being seen as a test of former President Donald Trump's popularity and possible political future. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt is a step closer to going to Washington, D.C. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt won yesterday's Missouri Republican primary for the U.S. Senate. We are entering the most consequential decade in American history since the Civil War. The Democrats aren't playing small ball. They're playing for keeps. They're two votes away, two votes away in the United States Senate from packing the Supreme Court. Schmidt beat out 20 other candidates in the GOP primary election. Jill Enders, ABC News, St. Louis. WMBF First News Time. It is 634. The U.S. Senate has given final approval to a bill authored by New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand enhancing health care and disability benefits for millions of veterans exposed to toxic burn pits while serving in Iraq and Afghanistan. The bill approved in an 89 to 11 vote now goes to President Joe Biden's desk. The Senate had overwhelmingly approved the legislation once before, but the process briefly derailed last week when Republicans made a late attempt to change the bill. The legislation expands access to health care through the Department of Veterans Affairs for millions who served near burn pits. It also directs the VA to presume that certain respiratory illnesses and cancers were related to burn pit exposure, allowing veterans to obtain disability payments to compensate for their injury without having to prove the illness was a result of their service. Roughly 70% of disability claims related to burn pit exposure are denied by the VA due to lack of evidence, scientific data, Data and information from the Defense Department. The military used burn pits to dispose of such things as chemicals, cans, fires, or tires, plastics, and medical and human waste. For President Joe Biden, who is expected to quickly sign the measure, the issue is very personal. He has raised the prospect that burn pits in Iraq were responsible for the death of his son, Bo. WMBF First News Time is 635. As the National Weather Service in Binghamton hinted yesterday, a heat advisory has indeed been issued for our region. This morning, the local NOAA office issued the advisory from 11 a.m. tomorrow to 8 p.m. tomorrow, with possible heat index values reaching 98 degrees to as much as 102 in lower elevations and urban areas where the humidity combined with hot temperatures are being felt the most. Advisory area includes Broome, Tioga, and Tompkins counties in the southern tier. A Binghamton man is in custody in connection with shots fired on the north side of the city, just blocks from where a night out against crime event was about to start yesterday afternoon. Mayor Jared Cram says 38-year-old Kareem Felton is charged with attempted murder and criminal possession of a firearm in the 4 p.m. shooting outside the North Side Deli and Grocery on Shenango Street, in which a man was shot in the arm. Police have said they do not believe the shooting was a random act. The shooting apparently happened outside the business located a few blocks from Sherry Ann Lindsay Park. The witnesses reported hearing two shots fired. The victim, whose name has not been released, was taken to Wilson Hospital with what authorities had said were non-life-threatening injuries. 
Two teenagers are facing several felony counts in connection with a reported home invasion and the theft of several guns over the weekend in the town of Dickinson. New York State Police say they responded to a house on Bevere Street shortly after 2 a.m. Sunday with a report that two people had broken in. The state police say the intruders were later found hiding in a home in the city of Binghamton and arrested. 18-year-old Noah Cassis Aguilar of Binghamton and a 17-year-old boy are each charged with two counts of burglary and two counts of robbery, criminal possession of a weapon, and reckless endangerment. Cassis Aguilar was taken to the Broome County Jail for arraignment. The younger teen was taken to a jail in Oneida County. State police would not release information about whether anyone was hurt or threatened in the home invasion where over a dozen guns were said to have been stolen. At least some of the weapons taken in the home invasion were recovered in the area of Sherry Lindsay Park and the old Binghamton Plaza. It was not known whether any stolen guns are still missing. Law enforcement sources said the suspects may have fled Sunday on an all-terrain vehicle and apparently were able to elude police by driving on a sidewalk on part of Shenango Street that is still closed because of an ongoing fix-up of that Interstate 81 bridge. A Broome County man will be sentenced to prison after he admitted cutting a woman with a knife. 31-year-old Dylan Thomas of the town of Dickinson pleaded guilty in Broome, uh, Broome County Court to attempted assault. According to the district attorney's office, Thomas was involved in a domestic dispute with a 39-year-old on January 13th. Thomas is expected to be sentenced to one and a half to three years in prison. And today marks the 27th anniversary since the line of duty death of a young city of Binghamton police officer. Lee Barda was gunned down in 1995 while looking for a work release suspect on the north side of the city of Binghamton. Barda had responded with other officers to Liberty Street shortly after 3 p.m. looking for 19-year-old Edmund Travis III who had run away from a work assignment while serving time for a burglary conviction. While searching a home at 125 Liberty Street where authorities had gotten word that Travis had been seen on the porch, the Kirkwood teen emerged from a closet as police searched the home and opened fire, discharging several rounds and killing Officer Barda. Travis committed suicide seven hours after the shooting when police located and surrounding him as he hid in the basement of a nearby home on Frederick Street. Barta had been on the Binghamton Police Force for four years before his end of watch on that hot summer day. It's 639 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. on WMBF. You're listening to First News. Myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. It's been a busy morning already. Yeah, it has been a busy morning already. But that's that's news life, right? Oh, yeah. When you least expect it, all of a sudden. Yeah, when you least expect it, you might have a big bucket come off a truck in front of your car. (gasps) Yeah, that's probably not great for that car and probably not great for the road itself. I'm sure there's a dent in there. Yeah, that's the thing. As I've mentioned to you before we went into that newscast was if this bucket is as big i mean i'm in a basement what do i know but if this bucket that came off the back of this truck is as big as they was indicated then it seems to me that there would be a dent in the road from there i'm surprised they got it cleaned up so fast yeah it was about 4 30 so it's been less than two hours um but they did have the eastbound or the 
the right-hand lane eastbound and 17 right over there at the Johnson City Cloverleaf. Um, that They had two lanes shut down from debris all over the road, but they still were maintaining traffic in the right-hand lane. So at 4.30 in the morning, it's not heavy traffic. Right now it's starting to pick up there. And like we said, you can give us a call in at 772-1290 and let us know if there's still any lane closures. But it just seems to me that if something as big and heavy as a bucket falls off the back of the truck, it should leave in, in golf terms a bit of a divot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's understandable. You know, I'm you know, good for them for getting it cleaned up so well. I'm surprised they got it cleaned up so quickly. And thank because goodness it's not the like driver of just... that car wasn't seriously hurt oh yeah absolutely that's you know first and foremost everyone's safety yeah but i mean it's just it's not like they just had a bunch of emergency service people come over and be like all right on three everybody lift and lift well no the thing is they already had the dot crews with their heavy equipment up on the 201 because remember they've been doing night work on the 201 for more than a month and they're still out there working so they you already had DOT almost on scene, so that helped right there. Oh, but yeah. they did get the heavy duty tow trucks out there fairly quickly. Oh yeah, and get it all cleaned up so that people going to work at a normal time, like I don't know, let's say eight o'clock, might not even know it happened. Who yeah, knows? well let us know if there's still a lane closure or if there's uh, any sort of big bumpity do in the middle of the road from that uh, that bucket hitting the the pavement yeah 607-772-1290 the only calls we take on this program are calls about why are the roads messed up today those are our favorite calls gives me something to talk about for a little while when i do the traffic update and the weather update i always feel silly doing the weather update because we're in a basement there's no windows here i can't see what the weather looks like outside so when i say it's foggy outside installed the cameras on your your screen yet oh no no cameras here. No, no. weather cameras. Uh, I, have I feel cameras I say it's news. foggy outside, and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, like, I have no idea if it's foggy well, along outside. Well, the river valleys. Right now, according to the readings from the Binghamton Regional Airport, the visibility is at a quarter mile. And that's the airport, so you're talking higher elevation, so down the valley it could be soupier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not great. Okay. Um, but, you know, we do what we can with what we have. We're here. Here at WMBF. It's We've been here for 100 years. You know you can count on WMBF. Oh, yeah. And obviously everyone's going to know about that track pileup because everybody in Banton is listening to WMBF right now. Every single person. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. I know that for a People fact. People that have just been born. <laughs> yep. In the delivery room. First okay, news is I, I, I got to go get on the newborn news, so I'll talk to you in a bit. <laughs> it's 645. You're listening to WMBF. The Illumination. Six forty-seven on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. As we were talking about, you know, just a couple minutes earlier, you had some problems on eastbound Route Seventeen around Exit Seventy North and Seventy South. As there's a bucket on the road, they got that cleaned up pretty quick. Could see some residual delays. If you see anything else crazy happening, give us a call, and we'll make sure everybody gets to work on time. No one needs to get fired today. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen tomorrow just in time for Speedy Fest in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour, utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. 
Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there will be a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That work started on Monday. Project should be completed by Monday, August 8th. A signed detour is in place during the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. Cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards will take place throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 57 degrees, foggy, 100% humidity. Today, sunny with a high near 84 degrees. Tonight, mostly clear, a low around 68. Tomorrow, a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m. Some of the storms could produce heavy rain, but mostly sunny with a high near 89. Winds could gust as high as 21 miles per hour, and there's a 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, showers and thunderstorms likely before 11 p.m. Then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. Then chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a low around 67, 60% chance of rain. Friday, chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m., mostly cloudy with a high near 82, 70% chance of rain. Friday night, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 8 p.m., then chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m., mostly cloudy with a low around 67 and a 60% chance of rain. It's 6.50, you're listening to WMBF. on WMBF. We'll have a quick check on sports. Pinch hitter Sam Haggerty opened the seventh inning with a go-ahead homer. Andres Munoz escaped a bases-loaded jam in the ninth, and the Seattle Mariners hung on for an 8-6 victory over the New York Yankees after blowing a four-run lead. The switch-hitting Haggerty was sent up to bat for left-handed hitting Jared Kelnick against left-hander Lucas Lickey. Haggerty broke a 6-6 tie by lifting a 1-0 cutter into the left-field seats. Haggerty homered two days after getting stitches above an eye and injury sustained when he was hit by his helmet, thrown after he failed on a bunt. Jacob deGrom allowed one run on three hits and struck out six in five innings in his season debut before a bullpen meltdown cost the Mets in a 5-1 loss to the Washington Nationals. deGrom was pitching for the Mets for the first time in almost 13 months. He received a standing ovation from a crowd full of New York fans hours after the Nationals traded superstar outfielder Juan Soto. The 34-year-old two-time NL Cy Young Award winner 
threw 46 of his 59 pitches for strikes in his first meaningful action since July 7, 2021. Corey Abbott won on his first start of the season for Washington. Rumble Ponies won 14-9 yesterday. Got a home run from Wyatt Young and Ronnie Mauricio. And RBIs from Zach Ashford, Chidweshny Fargus, Nick Meyer, Luke Ritter, as well as Young and Mauricio, of course. Rumble Ponies are back in action today at Somerset. That game starts at 7.05. We'll have more of an update on the trade deadline stuff that occurred yesterday in Major League Baseball at the 7.15 in hour number two. So stay tuned for that. At 6.54, you're listening to WMBF. I was 50. on WMBF. Time for another check on traffic and weather. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen tomorrow just in time for Speedy Fest, a post of detours in place. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes, and a signed detour route is in place. The Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. That lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there's a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That project should be completed by Monday. Some various work around Broome County paving on Oquaga Road. We're going to continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. Some cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways. And mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. Right now it's 57 degrees in downtown Binghamton. 100% humidity, kind of foggy. Today sunny with a high near 84. Tonight clear with a low around 68. Tomorrow some... Chances of showers and thunderstorms after 2, but mostly sunny with a high near 89. Some strong winds as well. Tomorrow night, showers and thunderstorms before 11 p.m. Then throughout the night, mostly cloudy with a low around 67 degrees. 60% chance of rain Friday, chance of showers and thunderstorms. Then showers and thunderstorms likely after 2 p.m., mostly cloudy with a high near 82. 70% chance of rain Friday night. Showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 8 then a sh- chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 and 2, mostly cloudy with a low around 67, 60% chance of rain. At 6.59, you're listening to WMBF. Want to save? This is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Wrapping up our number one of First News on WMBF, myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Coming up next, we'll have ABC News and then another news update from Kathy. ABC News up next. 
This is WNBS First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 704. A little bit of a fog issue this morning. Visibility at the airport earlier today had been reported at a quarter of a mile. That could be even less in the, in the valley areas when you're around the river valleys. Right now, the visibility improving at the higher elevations at the airport with fairly clear sailing with a 10-mile uh, uh, range of visibility. Currently 59 degrees. The dew point, not quite in that humid range yet, only at 59 degrees. But that is going to change. A heat advisory has been issued for tomorrow starting at 11 a.m. and going till 8 p.m. with heat index values in the high to 90s to low 100s. No serious injuries are being reported in an early morning crash on Route 17 in the Johnson City area that involved a piece of big equipment. The crash was reported shortly after 4.30 in the area of the 70S on-ramp, 70N off-ramp. That's an area where the New York State Department of Transportation has been doing some maintenance work on the overnight hours on 201 for the past month or so. Now, Broome County Emergency Services reported there were a lot of debris on the highway, including a large bucket from an excavator that had hit in the center and left lanes. Authorities closed the center and left eastbound lanes of 17. Right-hand lane was still open. The car reportedly involved in the crash was on its roof. The occupant of the vehicle had complained of some neck or back pain, but was out of the vehicle and mobile at the scene. No serious injuries, again, being reported. And it appears, according to our sources, that that large bucket may have slipped off the back of a tractor trailer onto the road and the car rolled over either when it hit debris or swerved to miss some of the matter on the road. A Binghamton man is facing charges after a man was shot yesterday afternoon just a few blocks from the city's Sherry Lindsay Park where a night out against crime was about to get underway. According to Mayor Jared Cram, 38-year-old Karim Felton of Binghamton is charged with attempted murder and criminal possession of a weapon. City police were called to the North Side Deli and Grocery on Chenango Street about 4 p.m. after people in that neighborhood reported hearing gunshots. When officers arrived, they found a man had been wounded in the arm. The man, whose name has not been released, was taken to the hospital with what were described as non-life-threatening injuries. Authorities indicated at the time they did not believe the shooting was a random act. According to the mayor, police recovered a ghost gun believed to have been involved. The incident happened about one hour before and just a few blocks away from the National Night Out Against Crime event that was scheduled to start at the nearby Northside Park. The dual trial continues today for a Colesville man accused of shooting and wounding a New York State trooper in June of 2021 and his dad who is accused of aiding his son trying to hide the evidence. Jury selection began yesterday in the attempted murder trial of 34-year-old Jason Johnson, while his father, 64-year-old David Johnson, is charged with evidence tampering. New York State Police responded to East Windsor Road near Thornhill Road at around 8.30 p.m. on Sunday, June 9, 2021, with a request to check the welfare of a suspicious man who is said to be drawing in the middle of the road. When troopers and Broome County Sheriff's deputies encountered the man, the suspect opened fire with at least one round, striking Trooper Becky Seeger in the hip. 
Another trooper was wounded in the arm by shrapnel. Authorities launched a massive manhunt for Jason Johnson, which lasted over 20 hours before the Colesville man was taken into custody along the banks of the Susquehanna River off Route 79 in Colesville on June 10th. Meanwhile, Johnson's father, 64-year-old David Johnson, was arrested almost a month later and charged with evidence tampering. Authorities had accused the father of assisting his son with clothing and hiding evidence, possibly including shell casings, following the shooting. The dual trial is expected to last several days. Law enforcement officers most likely will be called on to take the stand. WMBF First News Time, 708. A wide expansion of mail-in voting in Pennsylvania has survived a legal challenge brought by some of the same Republican state representatives who voted for the legislation almost three years ago. The state Supreme Court upheld the law 5-2 to two yesterday, with both no votes coming from the court's two Republican justices. Millions of Pennsylvania state voters have chosen to cast ballots by mail in recent elections, although Democrats have used it in far greater numbers. The law fell out of favor with Republicans as former President Donald Trump attacked it during his losing 2020 re-election campaign. It's 7.09, where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. Seven ten on WMBF. We're in hour number two of First News here with myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White, as always. Time for a check on traffic and weather. No serious injuries are being reported in an early morning crash on Route 17 in the Johnson City area. It's on the eastbound side of Route 17, around exit 70S and 70N. Apparently an excavator dropped its large bucket and there's a lot of debris scattered around the area. They're getting that cleaned up right now. We haven't heard that it's officially fully cleaned up yet. So you might see some delays there on eastbound Route 17. And of course, if you see anything crazy going on over there, standstill traffic, which I hear for Binghamton, is not typical. Not something that usually happens around here, which I quite enjoy. Let us know. Call us. 607-772-1290. The only calls we take are the calls that will make sure people get to work on time and don't get fired. The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen tomorrow just in time for a speedy fest in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use exit 6 or exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour utilizing I-81 to exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. Those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed to all traffic for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th. All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The Department of Transportation is advising that that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. 
Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there's a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That work should be wrapping up on Monday, and a signed detour is in place. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. Cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards will take place throughout the county. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways, and mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. National Weather Service forecast for downtown Binghamton. Right now about 59 degrees, fair weather outside, 100% humidity. Today sunny with a high near 84, tonight mostly clear, a low around 68. Tomorrow chance of showers and thunderstorms after 3 p.m. Some of the storms could produce some heavy rain, mostly sunny with a high near 89, winds as high as 21 21 miles per hour, chance of rain 30%. Tomorrow night showers and thunderstorms likely before midnight, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between midnight and 3 a.m., Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 3 a.m. Some of those storms could produce heavy rain as well, mostly cloudy with a low around 67 and a 60% chance of rain. Friday, chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 3. Partly sunny with a high near 82, 70% chance of rain Friday night. Showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 9 p.m. Then a chance of showers and thunderstorms between 9 p.m. and 3 a.m but mostly cloudy with a low around 67, 70% chance of rain. At 7.15, you're listening to WMBF. Are you prepared? News Radio 12.90, 7.16 on WMBF. Time for a sports update. Pinch hitter Sam Haggerty opened the seventh inning with a go-ahead homer. Andres Munoz escaped a bases-loaded jam in the ninth. And the Seattle Mariners hung on for an 8-6 victory over the New York Yankees after blowing a four-run lead. The switch-hitting Haggerty was sent up to bat for left-handed hitting Jared Kelnick against left-hander Lucas Litke. Haggerty broke open a 6-6 game by lifting a 1-0 cutter into the left-field seats. He homered two days after getting stitches above an eye, an injury sustained when he was hit by his helmet thrown after he failed on a bunt. Jacob deGrom allowed one run on three hits and struck out six in five innings in his season debut before a bullpen meltdown cost the New York Mets in a 5-1 loss to the Washington Nationals. DeGrom was pitching for the Mets for the first time in almost 13 months. He received a standing ovation from a crowd full of New York fans hours after the Nationals traded superstar outfielder Juan Soto. The 34-year-old two-time NL Cy Young Award winner threw 46 of his 59 pitches for strikes in his first meaningful action since July 7, 2021. Corey Abbott won his first start of the season for Washington. For the Rumble Ponies, they won 14-9 yesterday, got home runs from Wyatt Young and Ronnie Mauricio. Mauricio is coming in the 10th inning, a three-run shot. The game went into extra innings. Rumble Ponies had a one-run lead in the top of the ninth inning when they scored three runs, and Somerset answered with a run in the bottom of the ninth to send it to extra innings. And then Binghamton scored five runs in the top of the tenth inning. 
to take the 14-9 win. Now, yesterday was Major League Baseball's trade deadline. For the Mets, a pretty quiet day. They didn't really do much. But for the Yankees, we're looking at an almost entirely new team at this point. Obviously, last week they traded for Andrew Benintendi from the Kansas City Royals. And earlier this week, on Monday, they traded for Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino from the Oakland Athletics and Scott Efros from the Chicago Cubs. Now, yesterday, they traded Jordan Montgomery to the St. Louis Cardinals for center fielder Harrison Bader. Bader currently on the injured list. The Cardinals expected him to be back by the end of the season before trading him to the Yankees. So we'll see if Bader can make an impact when the postseason rolls around. I assume it will be more of a defensive impact than anything. This is Aaron Hicks ever since he underwent surgery on his elbow a couple years ago. Well, the defense hasn't quite been there for Aaron Hicks as well as it was before that injury. Especially his arm in particular. Aaron Hicks used to be able to throw 105 miles per hour to home from the outfield. We saw that with the Minnesota Twins when he was playing against the Yankees. Ran, threw out a Yankees runner trying to score from third. This trade doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But again, Brian Cashman's the general manager of the New York Yankees. He probably knows better than I do because Jordan Montgomery was a quality start machine. A guy who may be unsung in baseball circles as he wasn't a hard-throwing guy like a Garrett Cole. Didn't have explosive stuff like that. But a ground ball merchant nonetheless. A great curveball. CC Sabathia really liked Jordan Montgomery. Said he had one of the most deceptive pitches he's ever seen in his life and one of the highest release points on his curveball in all of Major League Baseball. Now, the other trade the Yankees made yesterday was sending Joey Gallo over to the Los Angeles Dodgers. Got to feel bad for Joey Gallo. Didn't perform up to his expectations or anyone's expectations in New York. And you could hear it on his way out that he didn't even want to go out into the streets of Manhattan. Living in Manhattan at the time while he was with the Yankees, of course, he didn't even want to go out because he knew Yankee fans would recognize him and tell him he was terrible to his face. Because Yankee fans are ruthless. They don't call them the bleacher creatures for nothing out in right field. The big trade of the day, obviously Juan Soto to the San Diego Padres for a a bunch of prospects that included Mackenzie Gore and C.J. Abrams, as well as Robert Hassel, a lesser-known prospect for the Padres since he hasn't made his Major League debut yet, but a legit one nonetheless. Soto will probably join the Padres later today. And in the next couple weeks or so, when Fernando Tatis Jr. returns, could see a lineup of Fernando Tatis Jr., Juan Soto, and Manny Machado all playing together all in a row. Padres also acquired Josh Bell in that trade. And they managed to move Eric Hosmer to the Boston Red Sox. So something for me to laugh at Bob about today. Eric Hosmer stinks. Red Sox also got Tommy Pham at the trade deadline, so two former Padres who nobody wanted now play for the Boston Red Sox. Poor Bob. I guess poor any Red Sox fans in the general area. I assume this is more of a Yankees-Mets town. Maybe more of a Mets town, being that we have the Binghamton Rumble Ponies here. 722, you're listening to WMBF. Some... Providing you with the best solutions of your lifetime. 
the KSO Insurance Weekly Spotlight with Karen Sweet O'Neill on News Radio 1290 WNBF. And you know what that jingle means, the best jingle in the game. It means we're now joined by Karen Sweet O'Neill, our go-to source for saving money. Karen, how's it going? Going pretty well. How about yourself, James? Oh, it's a fine Wednesday morning here in downtown Binghamton. It is. It's very, you know, it's nice and cool out this morning. Yeah, well, I'm sure that's going to change by the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it always does. Yes, this is true. Yeah, well, we got a little preview of what you're here to talk about mm. today. So why don't you share with the people how we're all going to be saving some money this week? Well, hopefully some people will be saving some money, you know, come tax uh, tax time. And which is, of course, in April, but it's for tax year uh, 2022. So it's called the Savers Credit, and it used to be called, James, Retirement Savings Contribution Credit. So the IRS just uh, shortened it. It's available to moderate income earners who tuck away money for retirement. So depending on where you fall in the threshold, you can get a credit, you know, for as much as $2,000, $1,000, $4,000, and it can actually wipe away or reduce your tax bill. So if you're 18 years or older, you're not a full-time student, and you're not listed as a dependent on another person's tax return, then you may be eligible for this um, uh, savers tax credit. So it re- basically what it does is that it reduces your tax bill dollar for dollar. So in a lot of cases, it ends up being a better deal than a deduction on your tax return. But the saver's credit is non-refundable. So what does that mean? It means you aren't going to be eligible for a refund if your tax credit is worth more than your tax liability. It only drops it lower or to zero and not a penny beyond that. So it's not a check you're going to get in the mail. It's just that you're not going to owe the IRS, let's say, $1,000 if you have a tax credit for the 1000 It wipes it out. So who else is eligible? You know, what is your income level? So for the 2022 tax year, your adjusted gross income, and that's the one, you know, which your return is due by April 2023, you, if you're married filing jointly, you won't be eligible for the tax credit if your adjusted gross income exceeds 68000 So, I mean, obviously, if you make too much money, you have to hunt for other tax breaks. This one won't be for you. If you're yeah, single, not for me. If, if, if you're single it, um, it averages out around, for your AGI, around 35000 So, also, you need to be contributing to a retirement account, and that's what determines your tax savers credit. So the qualifying uh, contributions, James, are made to, you know, like 401Ks and IRAs, and there's other approved accounts, but those are the two major ones that people generally take part in. So the thing is, is that the benefits of the savers tax credit can add up over time because obviously if you're you know saving about 2000 a year you know you're you're talking about $20,000 in a decade so you know provided that your your um eligibility levels and all of that go hand in hand it's just something to really take a look at 
if you're in that income level and you're not on somebody else's tax return. So you're not, you know, a dependent on someone else's tax return. So ask your accountant. If you do your own, then look it up and make sure that you're not, you know, foregoing that benefit. Also, we're starting to get enrollment um, appointments for annual enrollment for uh, Medicare beneficiaries. That's October 15th to December 7th. So people are already starting to call because you need to make your appointment every year and look to see if your Medicare coverage is still good, if your prescription drug coverage is increasing, if it's if your prescriptions are actually still qualified under the plans formulary and so on and so forth. So can't stress that enough. Get your appointments early. Of course, we won't schedule you before October 15th, but like I said, we're already scheduling into October. So we are up on the parkway, 1708 Vestal Parkway East, right above Plato's Closet and Style Encore. You drive right up to us. Our phone number is area code 607-772-4898. You can also reach us by Googling KSO Insurance Solutions, and all our contact information comes up, or simply go to a phone book, and we have a big display ad under insurance in the yellow pages. That's fantastic, Karen, and sometimes I find that your advice doesn't very much apply to me because I'm not near retirement age, unfortunately, but this is one thing that I'm definitely going to have to take advantage of myself, so I might have to stop by myself. I'm always looking to save money, and you're my accountant, <laughs> unofficially. <laughs> That's one thing I'm not. I'm not an accountant. Yeah. <laughs> you're my unofficial attention. accountant. <laughs> and we have good accountants that we use. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we'd be happy to help. Absolutely, yeah. I might have to stop by myself. As always, Karen, thank you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday and stay cool out there when it starts getting a little bit hotter. Will do. Thanks, James. Have a good one. That's Karen Sweet O'Neill telling us how to save money like she does every week. Every week I get a good tip on how to save money from Karen Sweet O'Neill. At 7.30, you're listening to WMBF. Don't miss the... This is WNBF First News. Here's Kathy White. Good morning. It's 59 degrees at 732. Dew point not too bad at this point. It's hovering near the humid, the the threshold at about 59 degrees. We have a lot of fog in the River Valley, so be aware of that if you're out and traveling early this morning. Otherwise, we'll have sunshine and a high in the upper 80s. More on the heat and humidity in just a little bit. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said she and other members of Congress visiting Taiwan are not are, are showing they will not abandon their commitment to the self-governing island. The six-member delegation met Taiwanese leaders today despite warnings from China Beijing had issued threats against her visit and announced military exercises, including live fire exercises in the waters and skies surrounding Taiwan after the speaker's arrival. Kansas voters have sent a resounding message about their desire to protect abortion rights by rejecting a measure that would have allowed the Republican-controlled legislature to tighten abortion restrictions or ban the procedure outright. Voters rejected a change to the Kansas Constitution that would have overturned a 2019 Kansas Supreme Court decision protecting abortion rights. 
WMBF First News Time, 7.33. As the National Weather Service in Binghamton hinted at on Tuesday, a heat advisory has indeed been issued for our region. This morning, the local NOAA office issued the advisory from 11 a.m. tomorrow to 8 p.m. tomorrow, with possible heat index values reaching 98 degrees to as high as 102 in the lower elevations and urban areas where the humidity combined with hot temperatures are felt the most. The advisory from the office at the Binghamton Regional Airport is for areas of the southern tier, including Broome, Tioga, Tompkins, Seneca, Southern Cayuga, Onondaga, Schuylers, Chemung, Madison, Southern Oneida, and Sullivan counties. Shenango and Cortland counties were not included in the advisory. In very hot and humid conditions, residents are urged to take precautions to prevent heat-related illness, and a big part of that is hydration. Drink plenty of fluids, preferably water. Health officials also say people should stay in an air-conditioned room and out of the sun, check up on relatives and neighbors, especially the elderly and those with chronic health concerns. Young children and pets should never be left unattended in vehicles under any circumstances, even if the windows are down. WMBF First News Time, 734. A Binghamton man is in custody in connection with shots fired on the north side of the city, just blocks from where a night out against crime event was about to start yesterday afternoon. Mayor Jared Cramp says 38-year-old Kareem Felton is charged with attempted murder and attempted possession of a firearm. In the 4 p.m. shooting outside the north side deli and grocery on Shenango Street, in which a man was shot in the arm. Police have said they do not believe the shooting was a random act. The shooting apparently happened outside the business, located a few blocks from Sherry Lindsay Park. Witnesses reported hearing two shots fired. The victim, whose name has not been released, was taken to Wilson Hospital with what authorities said were non-life-threatening injuries. Two teenagers are facing several felony counts in connection with a reported home invasion and the theft of several guns over the weekend in the town of Dickinson. New York State Police say they responded to a house on Bevere Street shortly after 2 a.m. Sunday with a report that two people had broken in. State police say the intruders were later found hiding in a home in the city of Binghamton and arrested. 18-year-old Noah Cassis Aguilar of Binghamton and a 17-year-old boy are each charged with two counts of burglary and two counts of robbery, criminal possession of a weapon, and reckless endangerment. Cassis Aguilar was taken to Broome County Jail for arraignment while the younger teen was taken to a jail in Oneida County. State police would not release information about whether anyone was injured or threatened in the home invasion where over a dozen guns were said to have been stolen. At least some of the weapons taken in that home invasion were recovered in the area of Sherry Lindsay Park and the old Binghamton Plaza. It's not known whether any of the stolen weapons are still missing. Law enforcement sources said the suspects may have fled Sunday on an all-terrain vehicle and apparently were able to elude police by driving on a sidewalk on part of Shenango Street that is still closed because of the ongoing Interstate 81 bridge repair project. A Broome County man will be sentenced to prison after he admitted cutting a woman with a knife. 31-year-old Dylan Thomas of the town of Dickinson pleaded guilty in Broome County Court to attempted assault. According to the district attorney, Thomas was involved in the domestic dispute with a 39-year-old on January 13th and cut the woman's hand, which required stitches. Thomas is expected to be sentenced to one and a half to three years in New York State prison. Sentencing is scheduled for November. It's 737 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. The on WMBF. You're listening to First News to myself, James Kelly, as always, alongside Kathy White. 
You want to hear about the gremlins this morning? Gremlins? You got gremlins? We always have gremlins in here. There's always something that for unexplained reasons, things just stop working. And one of the one of the guys that used to sit in that chair before you would always just say to me, "I don't know what to tell you. It worked the last time I was using." <laughs> this morning, I was in the middle of a conversation with one of the emergency services dispatchers, and I hear Kathy, Kathy, hello, Kathy, Kathy. None of the phone lines. I could hear her fine, mm-hmm. but none of our phone lines were working. Well, that's concerning. I couldn't call. Every time I tried to call out on any of the five lines, direct lines. It would hang up. So I ended up... I fixed it. There you go. I, I called some of the lines with my cell phone, and that seemed to clear it. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been talking to Karen Sweet O'Neill just now. Oh, that would have been really bad, because then nobody would have saved any money today. Yeah, absolutely. But I didn't know we had gremlins. It's always something. Yeah. We used to have a... When I was living in Long Beach, we used to have a ghost in our apartment. Quote, unquote, ghost. We used to say, I have a ghost in the apartment. Uh, and I named him Stephen. Felt like the right name. That's like an old colonial name. I feel like all ghosts are old colonial ghosts. Okay. Stephen. I would have um, gone with something like Jebediah or something. Ah, uh, Jebediah Ezekiel. would have been really good. It doesn't roll off the tongue, though. Huh? Jebediah. It's a mouthful uh, to say that every single time. But my roommate, Tori, was like... She was apparently very superstitious, which I didn't know because really? every time something like like if we heard noises coming from the bathroom or something because you know leaky pipes and bad pipes it was a pretty bad apartment overall the the ceilings were like seven feet tall and there were archways all over the place so the first month i was there i kept like hitting my head going into the kitchen i had to like bend down to get the doorknob to go into the bathroom (laughs) and so that was bad seven foot ceilings are great for my house i have my ceilings aren't hardly even six feet can't even reach we live in a midget house which is something that the husband and i are both short (laughs) yeah no i uh, yeah and rob and tori they were perfectly fine they were i've got a haunted place for for it you got you got yeah. a ghost place? Oh, this place. Uh, we have a gallery we run all the time. It's the like the Southern most haunted Tier places is in full Southern of haunted. Tier. Actually, Binghamton University, I talked to a professor over there. Um, and she wrote a book, and, and we've done uh, some segments with her on Southern Tier Close Up. Um, Liz, I want to say Taylor. And she uh, she has a book on haunted universities, but Haunted Southern Tier is a great book. But I, I'm going to take you over to the Robertson Museum because yes. the Robertson Mansion is. Alonzo is still hanging around, and, and Margaret, every once in a while, um, locks him in the, the billiard room when he's drunk. So Yeah, that's cool. I, I like ghosts. I think ghosts are, you know, it's fun to pretend that there's a ghost in the area. Pretend? And freak out people who... No, I'm not saying... Some, pretend? Some ghosts are obviously real. We have some real ghosts lying around there. We definitely didn't actually have the a ghost Binghamton in The Binghamton Psychiatric apartment. Center is another very haunted place as well. Oh, there's, there's a psychiatric center completely abandoned out on Long Island in Kings Park, which is one of my friends grew up in Kings Park from high school. And people used to like go in there all the time it was like a like a high school thing to do one summer sunday afternoon whatever you're just like oh we don't really have anything to do today let's go into this abandoned psychiatric facility and see if there's any ghosts in there it was definitely illegal so I, don't tell I've anybody i said that Binghamton hospital and it's it's very creepy yeah no the it's, crime it's victims assistance creepy. center is is uh, located in the director's house that's on the campus there of course that's the greater binghamton health center now but in the castle area 
Uh, we were, at one time when I was on that board for crime victims, we were looking at places to locate, and we were in the main castle area looking at some of the office space, quote-unquote office space that was possible there, before they decided that the building at that point couldn't be rehabilitated. They're still working on whatever. But it was just weird feeling being in there. It was oh, yeah. just really, You get that, really, like, really eerie strange. feeling, yeah. And, and that's what... Tori got was like she could like feel it. and she used to swear that in the morning sometimes she could hear like the ghost calling out her name i would say if we my other roommate rob and i would sometimes talk to the ghost Stephen, while she was in the room and be like you have to stop doing that i don't like that i don't like when you talk to the ghost you're making him feel at home well it is his home it is his home it was his home first yeah absolutely well i'll take you over and i'll introduce you to alonzo over at robertson Museum. absolutely have you ever seen uh the haunting of hill house no. It's a really good ghost show on Netflix. It was, I, I used to really like scary movies and scary shows I and stuff. I don't like scary. Movies. I used to, but this one was like it was so over the top, like really scary, and they just had like random ghosts that weren't even scary ghosts, just like ghosts hanging out in like the corner of a room for no reason whatsoever. Now that sounds like that series that's on what CBS now. Maybe. Ghost. Oh yeah, I I saw that. I actually I haven't I might, watched. It, I might check that out because there's another show, What We Do in the Shadows, which is like. It's like vampires, like a vampire comedy no, no, in Staten no, no. Island. Like it's pretty Cas- funny. I like the Casper kind of ghost. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you uh, take a gander at my book from that Binghamton University professor. Haunted Southern Tier. Um, people, if you're interested in some of the local ghost lore and things like that, uh, check it out. I think you can get it on Amazon Books still and such. But uh, it's, a, it's a nice, interesting read. It's not telling ghost stories. It's kind of a clinical, researchy type thing that just kind of documents some of these stories. And it's, it's really an interesting read some of the ghost stories that those of us that are local might not even know about so. oh yeah and it's not even halloween look at us yeah my uh my brother and i used to love this show called finding bigfoot which was just it was like a discovery show and they did like 10 seasons and they never once found sasquatch never once but every episode they were sitting there like we got him. we definitely got him. these woods are really squatchy we used to love watching that show so I like all that stuff. Ghosts, gremlins that are apparently in the studio that I'm going to... Um, I will find the gremlins. I will tell them to stop They're messing the phone with the phones. Line. Yeah, I'll tell them to stop messing with it. I'll find the gremlins. 744, you're listening to WMBF. Almost three... Seven forty-seven on WMBF. Time for a check on traffic and weather. We, haven't, we don't have an update on that Route 17 excavator accident that happened earlier around the exit 70 and 70 north eastbound route 17 exit but we've heard that they're pretty much cleaning it up by now and could be clean by now if you see anything out there let us know if there's a whole lot of traffic there we'll let the people know that they have to leave a little bit earlier to get to work on time The New York State Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the Exit 5 ramp from southbound Interstate 81 to U.S. Route 11 and the intersection of U.S. Route 11 and Old Front Street in the town of Dickinson will reopen tomorrow just in time for a speedy fest in Binghamton. Prior to the reopening, variable messaging signs will be in place advising southbound motorists on I-81 to use Exit 6 or Exit 4A to reach U.S. Route 11. Motorists traveling north on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour, utilizing I-81 to Exit 6 for re-entry to U.S. Route 11. And those traveling south on U.S. Route 11 should follow the posted detour using I-81, State Route 7, and Bevere Street. Pierce Creek Bridge on Pierce Creek Road in the town of Binghamton is closed for joint repairs. It will reopen to traffic on or about 7 a.m. on August 15th, 
All local traffic will need to seek alternate routes while the road is closed. A signed detour route will be in place during the closure. The Department of Transportation is advising motorists that the right lane of eastbound State Route 434 Vestal Parkway is closed from east of Murray Hill Road to west of Clubhouse Road in Vestal to facilitate construction of a shared-use path. Access to businesses and residences within the scope of the lane closure will be maintained. The lane closure is expected to be in place until approximately August 21st. In Susquehanna County, there's a road closure on State Route 3001 between Auburn Center and the Four Corners in Auburn Township for a metal pipe replacement. That project should be completed by Monday, and a signed detour route is in place for the closure. Around Broome County, paving will continue on Oquaga Road. The Highway Division will continue changing road culverts on Powers and West Shenango Roads. Bridge work will continue on Pierce Creek and Sherman Creek Roads. Ditching will be performed on East Windsor and Pagebrook Roads, as well as Old Route 17. Patching will continue on Hyde Street and Whitney Point and various other county roads. Cleaning of road debris and roadside hazards throughout the county will take place. Striping will take place on various county and town roadways. And mowing will continue on the right-of-way along the county roadway system. In downtown Binghamton right now, about 59 degrees, 100% humidity. Dew points 59 degrees. Today, sunny with a high near 84. Tonight, mostly clear, a low around 68. Tomorrow, a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 p.m. Some of the storms could produce some heavy rain, but mostly sunny with a high near 89. Winds could gust as high as 21 miles per hour, and there's a 30% chance of rain. Tomorrow night, showers and thunderstorms likely before 11 p.m. Then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. And then a chance of showers and thunderstorms after 2 a.m. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 67, 60% chance of rain. Friday, chance of showers and thunderstorms, then showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m., but mostly cloudy, with a high near 82, 70% chance of rain. Friday night, showers likely and possibly a thunderstorm before 8 p.m., then chance of showers and thunderstorms between 8 p.m. and 2 a.m., mostly cloudy, a low around 67 degrees, and a 60% chance of rain. It's 7.51, you're listening to WMBF. Are you a... on WMBF. Now it's time for ABC's Tech Trends. From ABC News Tech Trends, an image generator powered by artificial intelligence has been getting a lot of attention online lately. Dolly 2 has certainly been the one that's that's been making a splash in this past year. Futurist Sinead Bovell says Dolly 2 lets users enter a prompt and then uses artificial intelligence to draw a picture of that prompt. You feed this AI system a line of text, perhaps that's an avocado in the shape of a chair, and it will respond with an image. It will generate an image of that text prompt. OpenAI, the company behind the Dolly 2, says the program draws on a database of real images paired with text. Bovell says the technology has applications in the art world and beyond. Things like storybooks are often brought to mind in magazine covers. But then there's more nuanced things like fashion designs, things like logos, things like CGI background for, for a movie. If you want to try it out, you'll have to join the wait list on OpenAI's website. With Tech Trends, I'm Sherry Preston, ABC News. You're in News Radio 1290 WMBF 7:57 on WMBF 
I have a pretty sad update from the baseball world today. Hall of Fame broadcaster Vince Scully, whose dulcet tones provided the soundtrack of summer while entertaining and informing Dodgers fans in Brooklyn and Los Angeles for 67 years, died Tuesday night. He was 94 years old. The Dodgers say family members informed them that Scully died at his home in the Hidden Hills section of Los Angeles. As the longest-tenured broadcaster with a single team in pro sports history, Scully saw it all and called it all. He began in the 1950s era of Pee Wee Reese and Jackie Robinson and went through to 2016 when he retired. Big loss for the baseball world. Baseball more so than any other sport is really designed for guys like Bob Uecker, Vince Scully, even John Sterling in times before John Sterling started to get a little too old to be in the broadcast booth, which he probably is now. But there's so much downtime that goes on in baseball in between pitches in between outs that to call a game on the radio especially even more so than television to call a game on the radio you gotta have a lot of stories you gotta know everything about everybody and be able to tell stories from 30 years ago that people who still listen to baseball on the radio will hear also i used to listen to vin scully call games i like to listen to baseball games as i'm going to sleep so I used to throw on Vince Scully back in the day. More recently, Bob Euchre from the Milwaukee Brewers. Just that classic baseball perfect voice. And tons of stories from having 67 years of experience. I think Vince Scully probably will go down as one of the greatest broadcasters of all time. Definitely in baseball. I can't think of anybody who I would point to above Vince Scully as being better than them. So a sad day for baseball fans everywhere still pretty involved with the Dodgers even after he retired in 2016. 759, you're listening to WMBF. Want to save a- This is News Radio 1290 AM, WMBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station. Closing out hour number two of WMBF's First News, myself, James Kelly, alongside Kathy White. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll have Bob Joseph's Binghamton Now, our live and local talk show. But up next, we got ABC News.